0: space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the spy master Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Hey, how about that? That was my new introduction. We're just trying to figure out how I did. I guess I'll, I'll get myself a C+. Plus. Uh, I think I can tweak that a little bit, but anyway, my name is Earl. I'm a recovered car dealer. I was my voice you just heard on the introduction, and I kind of told you what the show's all about. I've already introduced everybody. Uh, we've got a room full of experts, basically, that are going to help you how to learn how to be, avoid being ripped off by a car dealer. Uh, we um, we've been on the air for like 15 years. I mentioned the Mystery Shopping Report in the introduction, and it's really the highlight of our show. Uh, We have a particularly interesting Mystery Shopping Report uh, this morning, and we get to it typically in the last half hour of the show, and that's between, uh, was it, uh, 9.30 and 10. That's right. And uh, I'll give you a little uh, hint. We, We shopped the largest retailer of used cars probably in the world, certainly in the United States, CarMax. And it was a very, very interesting report. And uh, I'm hoping that we can have uh, a colleague, I use the term, I flatter myself to say that Rosemary Shahan is a colleague, but she's a uh, probably the most prominent uh, auto consumer advocate in the world, really. I mean, okay. Rosemary Shahan, she's the president of Consumers for Auto Reliability and Safety, CARS, C-A-R-S acronym. Consumers for Auto Reliability and Safety. And she is the uh, mother of the Lemon Law. Uh, years ago, uh, when everybody else was, uh, uh, I don't know what they were doing, Rosebrand was thinking about how I can help people uh, avoid being ripped off by car dealers. And she came up with the concept of the Lemon Law. And she established it in California many years ago, and all the other states, all other 49 states copied her. So she's my hero, and I call her a colleague. She She's uh, called me, and I've called her from time to time over the years. I just wish we had the type of uh, uh, consumer advocacy, uh, what is the word, uh Uh, cooperation in Florida that she has in California. California is a wild, wild state. If any of you have been out there, it's a crazy state. All different kinds of folks out there huge. It's almost like it's a country all by itself. And yet, Rosemary has really reined in the car dealers. They have a dealer fee out there, but it's a fixed amount. They have to call it a, a dealership. They have to disclose it. And so, therefore, it's harmless. A small amount, around $75, I think, last time I checked. Uh, but she does things like that. And the car dealers out there, when they get on the line, bam. They, they go to the slammer. They get fined. They get closed down. So, Rosemary Cheyenne hopefully, will call in. Uh, It's awfully early, three hours early in California, and uh, I sent her an email this morning. She's probably still sleeping. She should be. I'll text her a little while later on the show and ask her to check her email, and I told Rudy in the control room, if Rosemary Cheyenne calls in, uh, put the call through because uh, we're talking about CarMax, and CarMax is, uh, as I say, the largest retailer of used cars, Rosemary went after CarMax and General Motors. Rosemary doesn't mess around with the little guys. She goes after the big guys. And she uh, went to the Federal Trade Commission and said, CarMax is violating the rules, the spirit of the law, and the letter of the law by not disclosing Takata airbags and selling their used cars. I think in California they were selling about 25 or 30% of every car CarMax sold had a defective Takata airbag. Boy, she went after them sadly she lost. I think it was politics. And uh, CarMax is continuing. They're claiming to uh, disclose the Takata Airbag, but they don't. But that's pretty much uh, uh, why I'm excited about the show this morning. And hopefully you're excited. We invite all of you to call in. 877-960-9960. Uh, love to have you call the show, especially our lady callers. We Really, really try to persuade them to call because they're very interesting. They have a whole new light and and insight into buying cars, 877-960-9960. And if you haven't listened to the show before, Nancy Stewart has got a little pleasant surprise for you ladies out there that are listening but are not calling yet.
1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Another exciting show, just like Earl just said. And for the ladies, we have $50 for the first two new lady callers. Remember, ladies, over half of all the cars that are sold in the United States? Well... We take part in 80% of that purchase, and we are powerful. Women are doing more. They're more involved today, and they have a whole lot to say, which leads me to ask you, share whatever you have to say, share. Let your voice be heard. Give us a call. You can win yourself $50. That's $50, whether you want to share your story or just say hello, 877-960-9960. And also, if you'd like to text us to vote on our mystery shopping report, you can do so at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer.
0: I want to talk a little bit more about Rick Kearney, because Rick... uh, Uh, I know him very well, and he's worked for me for over 20 years. Is it 25 now? Pretty close to it, yeah. 25. Uh, He's a certified diagnostic master technician. Um, I don't know how to explain how knowledgeable he is. Um, I challenge you to call, text, text email, whatever, and ask Rick any kind of a question about the mechanics or electronics, uh, the computerization of your car. Cars are complicated today. Uh, I'm also a car dealer in full transparency and disclosure. been a car dealer for over 50 years. And in my dealership, one of the most common problems we have today with selling cars is the complexity, especially of the electronics. Uh... How do I pair my Bluetooth with my sound system? Uh, uh, I, I have problems every day. Nancy Stewart has problems with her car. We all have problems with our car because of the complexity. I got a few. Uh, Stu has a few. Yes. So if you have anything that's frustrating you, especially if you have a late model car, uh, that's one of the reasons I think some people hesitate to buy a late-model car because you almost have a have to go to school to learn how to operate it. You call and ask Rick any question about your car and he will be able to help you. Another thing that Rick can help you with is what do I really need to do to my car to maintain and repair it? It is very difficult to uh, tell when you go into a service department today because the service department, be it a car dealer or an independent garage, they're going to tell you this is what we recommend you do. And sometimes, oftentimes, they will recommend a lot more than you need to have done. Today's cars are remarkably maintenance-free. In fact, a lot of the manufacturers now are giving free maintenance for two years, three years, or even four years to your car. So, don't overspend when you pull into the service drive. Uh, Rick can help you with some of those questions. And uh, we'd love to have you uh, jump online, uh, Facebook, Earl Stewart on Cars. You go to Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. And you can post. Rick?
2: And one other very important website, uh, one that I I wish we didn't have to have it, but we need it. www.safercar.gov. I... I recommend everyone go to that website put in your VIN number for your car your friends cars your family's cars and check to see if there are any open recalls on your car this is a federal government site and it will quickly check to see if there's any open recalls at all and as a matter of fact there are apps you can download now for free for Android and uh, Apple that you simply scan your license plate with your phone, and it will automatically check your VIN number to see if there are open recalls. It only takes a couple seconds yeah, to do it. Something
0: you really have to do. We, uh, we mystery shop, as I said earlier, uh, every week, and 99.9% of the time, the car dealers will not disclose this to you. Uh, they will... Uh, say that uh... you can uh, you know when you catch them or you ask a the question they may disclose it but if you don't ask the question and they have a car with a defective recall of any kind to airbag or otherwise they're going to sell you the car and they are uh, they are uh... absolved of any responsibility so if you don't do it yourself the place you buy the car from is not going to tell you. It'll be somewhere in the Carfax report. It'll be on the uh, safercar.gov report. Uh, and it'll even be on the website of the manufacturer. You can check with the manufacturer of the car. But it's up to you. Buyer beware.
3: Uh, We've got a lot of text and posts coming in already. Uh, Stu, are, are those uh, Facebook posts? We have uh, text coming in on our text line. We have some on YouTube already. And um, then we got a really long one. Um... I could probably get through it pretty qu- pretty quickly. It came Let's in last it. week on Facebook. Let's do it. All right. Uh, it's from Mark. He does want, uh, want us to use his last name, but he's in Lake Worth. He says, I'd like to tell you about my car buying experience at Edmores Del Rey Toyota. It was a two-day experience, which took a total of 11 hours. I did my homework by researching a new 2018 Avalon on KBB and Edmonds. Thanks to you, I was aware of dealer fees. I went on a Wednesday afternoon when the showroom was really quiet. The salesman was pleasant and low-keyed. I told him I wanted a 2018 Avalon XLE. He told me he could probably get me one, but the difference between an 18 and a 19 is only $175. (laughs) He insisted we test drive the car and pointed out the new technology and other features. He asked if we liked it and would be ready to make a deal. I told him we were ready to negotiate and if we get the right price, we might make a deal. Then he asked what it would take to make the deal. We told him first to take off $100 from the 18 to the 19 He said he would have to speak to his sales manager. I told him if he wants to sell a car today, the sales manager would need to sit at the table with us. Otherwise, we're leaving. Immediately, he came over, sat down, and took off the $100. Then I told him there is never an incentive on the Avalon, and I need an incentive. He, he played with his calculator and then offered another $1,500 off. Next I asked to see the invoice, which showed the dealer fee of eight hundred dollars. I think he's talking about probably a buyer's order. Mm-hmm. Showed the dealer fee of eight hundred dollars. Seven ninety-nine, I believe. Seven ninety-nine <laughs> ninety-nine. I told him I knew that that was his profit. He said people are in business to make money. I told him we could get closer to making a deal if we could split the dealer fee and continue to negotiate. The sales manager said okay. Then I asked him to give me the four rubber avalon floor mats valued at three hundred dollars. He said he couldn't do that because he was close to his profit point. Yeah, that's an add-on that they put on after they advertise the price. Yeah. That is correct. Uh, we reviewed the invoice and found another 200 off from fees. Now I told him we had an 08 Avalon with 56,000 miles, very clean, in excellent condition. He went out to look at it, started it up, didn't drive it. And he offered us $6,500. If you just tuned in, this is
0: Delray, Ed Morse, Mazda. Ed Morse, Delray, Mazda, and Delray, Florida. This is Toyota. I mean, you know, yeah. why do I keep saying Mazda? Eh. I, don't know. I don't know. You, Toyota. Got,
3: you got Mazda on the brain. And this is from a, a listener yeah. uh, named mm-hmm. Mark in, in Lake Worth. Um, he offered us $6,500. I told him we were leaving and going to a car buying place. He said, well, what do you want for it? On KBB and Edmunds, retail price was $7,550. He played with his calculator and said, if we make a deal today, he could give us $7,550. We said, okay. He said, leave him a $500 refundable deposit because he needs to get the car from another place. He said, come back tomorrow at 1 p.m., and the car and paperwork would be ready. We agreed and left after four hours. The next day, I called to confirm that the car was there and ready. It was, and we arrived at 1 o'clock. As we went to test drive the car, the sales manager calls the salesman and tells him, don't leave the parking lot because it's the wrong model. When we came back into the showroom, the sales manager apologized and said, we should finish the paperwork and payment and we could come back tomorrow and they would deliver it to our house or or they would deliver it to our home. We said, no, I told him to get the car right or the whole deal is off. He said it would take about 90 minutes. I said, fine, we would wait. After 90 minutes, no car. I told him my time is worth something, too. If he wanted me to pay for the car when it arrived, he would have to give me me the four car mats and put it in writing and initial it on the contract. He did. After another 90 minutes, he came over to apologize and told me it would be another half hour and offered us $200 to to go out to dinner. I told him to take the $200 off the price of the car or we're out the door. He did, and I made him put it in the contract and initial that too. After three and a half hours, the car arrived. Uh, They cleaned it, we drove it, and spent spent 90 minutes doing the paperwork where we found two more mysterious fees that needed to be omitted. Finally, I asked for my new insurance ID paper which they promised yesterday to get. They proceeded to take us to their insurance representative, who said she knew nothing about getting this for us, but told us she could get it within 15 minutes. She did. The salesman felt badly, felt so badly about what had happened, he offered to come to our home the next day to go over the special tech features. He did come by, and when he attempted to connect the Bluetooth with our phones and Apple CarPlay, he had to call Toyota in California for assistance. <laughs> He was with us about 90 minutes until everything was connected properly. He also had to return three days later to bring the floor mats, which had to be ordered. This goes to show that knowledge, persistence, and good negotiation skills paid off. I have found, I hope you found my story interesting. And yeah. w- well, I did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it was interesting, and uh, that was a long one, but I think it was uh, productive. Uh, (laughs) If you just tuned in uh, in the the last hour, uh, this was Ed Morris Del Rey Toyota, and it was a listener that had been in there and bought a car, and uh, it was interesting for a lot of reasons. Uh, First of all, the listener had learned from this show, which is gratifying. Uh, It also demonstrated uh, very, very uh, completely the pain and time consumed in having to buy a vehicle. Typically, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to buy a vehicle in an hour or two. I mean, uh, this was, as he said, all told about seven hours. No,
3: 11 hours. 11 hours, (laughs) 11 hours,
0: 11 hours, hours, hard to believe, 11 hours, and the game playing and the back and forth. Now, this particular uh, caller, or I should say texter, uh, uh, that sent us this information uh, was very sharp listened to the show he was educated and he was persistent he had a strong aggressive personality and if you have all those attributes it's okay i think he actually enjoyed this process uh it was a it was like a test of his abilities he won the test he won the game and he got himself a new car but the average person out there does
2: not want to go through this and that is uh Rick this guy sounded like an an action hero from John Wick or something. Exactly. I mean, he he just <laughs> right. sounds like he's going in there with a, 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 a shotgun in his hand and a rocket launcher yeah. strapped on his yeah. back. He, really like, nobody takes he got down. everything he wanted. He wrote, I, he wrote I, a agree, yeah. I agree, guys.
1: I agree, because that's how I feel sometimes.
0: 877-960-9960. Uh, please call us. We have a lot of texts waiting, and that was one of them. Uh, you can text us at 772-497-6530. That's 772 772- Uh 6530 calls and we've been told to please repeat the number twice so I'll do that 877-960-9960
1: and then I'll give out the the, uh, text number Uh, but uh, back to uh, what we were just talking about boy negotiating for me is like walking in with a hand grenade in my purse and I'm just going to get what I want and if I don't I pull the pin anyway I thought I'd share that with the audience a little dramatic but that's me Listen, if you want to text us, 772-497-6530.
0: Very good. And you, you already told everybody about our 50 bucks.
1: I did, but I'll remind the ladies again. You're an important part of the show, and we do want to build a platform here. And we want to hear from the ladies. And I heard from quite a few of you this week, and I hope you keep your promise and give me a call. Give us a call at 877 877- and win yourself $50. First two new Lady Callers.
0: No gimmicks, no loopholes, just cash. You call the show, you're a lady you haven't called before, you will win $50. We do that because uh, in the earlier stages of the show, going back years, uh, we'd have sometimes no female callers, sometimes only a few. And now we've got it up to about parity. we got about 50-50, thanks to Nancy's generous offer. And we just keep fueling that because we, we get a lot of very interesting different perspectives on life in a car dealership from our female callers. we got some uh, post and text backing up here with Stu.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, they're coming in. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'll go to our anonymous feedback uh, feed here, and that's you can give us uh, questions anonymously on youranonymousfeedback.com. Um, first one here, it says, question for Earl. I heard Toyota is going to do away with the spare tire on some Toyotas. Is this true? If so, which models? I think they already
0: have, yep. and I think uh, they will probably continue this. It seems to be a trend in the
2: industry. Uh, Rick, do you know specifically which models? Uh, several, actually. As a matter of fact, the all-wheel drive Sienna, for probably 10 years, has not had a spare. Um, yep. Prius Prime and a couple of the other Prius models have done away with spares completely, uh-huh. or they've gone to what they call a, a flat spare that is a very tiny little space saver and a can of uh, injectable fix a flash. We'll cover the we'll rest of it. Right we yeah. we we'll get f- back to that caller. topic
1: uh, in just a minute, but uh, I want to give you that telephone number again, and that's 877-960-9960, and we're going to go to our first caller, and that is Linda
4: from Hope Sound. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. Uh, I would assume that this question might be for Rick. Okay. Uh, I recently took my two thousand sixteen HRV Honda in for an oil change entire rotation. Uh, it has about twenty one thousand miles during their routine check. They told me three different things that I need in addition to what they did. Uh, they said i the, it had failed. On the battery test, it was low on the battery check. I have not experienced any difficulty, but that's what they said. They said I needed a new battery. They said I needed brake fluid change and an air cabin filter. And the cost of these three things combined was over $400. Uh, So I decided not to get it at that time and to ask this question
0: of you folks. Well, you know, Linda, you've got a ruthl almost new car. It sounds like it's uh uh under new car warranty, a uh, two thousand sixteen with twenty one thousand miles on it. So I'm a little surprised that you're getting a five uh, four hundred dollar quote on the bill. Uh, I'm gonna just say something quickly and then Rick uh the expert addresses but I would uh, definitely get a second opinion, uh, if not from another Honda dealer, from a trusted independent mechanic.
1: Excuse me for interrupting you, but I want to let the folks know that our calling in, that our lines are full right now. And, uh, Shep, we know you're holding, and uh, please be patient. Thank
0: you. Okay, Rick, uh, uh,
2: tell Linda about the specifics, the brakes. Real quick with with full lines, but folks, keep calling, keep calling. Uh, The battery should be under a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty. So if you're less than three years old, 2016, you might be right on that border. But if you're concerned about that, I would stop in at a parts store like an AutoZone or a Pep Boys and ask them to double-check that battery. It is very possible that the battery's getting old and starting to go bad, and the modern uh, computerized uh, testers I, are very sorry, good at predicting I just, it. I
4: just, I just like to tell you one thing, Rick. Uh, at eleven thousand miles, they replaced the battery. They said it had tested weak. Wow. It was under warranty then, so they replaced it.
2: Ah, okay. So, it. I would definitely get a second opinion on that. Stop in at a, a and Linda, local autozone. You've got a check battery.
0: It. You have a battery warranty as well as a manufacturer
2: warranty. Well, it's usually one year. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, it varies from bad, it might make that's, to make. That's
2: true, and, and they'll they'll prorate it, but. I, I would I would get a second opinion on that and then if if it shows that it's bad, go back to Honda and say, Well, there should still be a, a warranty on this battery. As for the brake flush, no. That you shouldn't need that okay. until something like eight or nine years yeah, forget about fifty, it. sixty thousand miles. And how about oh, the, and, okay. how about the cabin filter? And that cabin filter I'm saying thirty thousand miles unless you have breathing issues, asthma, or something like that, then I'd recommend right. maybe replacing that filter a little more often and Linda, one thing you Otherwise, can do with, one no. thing you
0: do with a cabin filter is uh look at it, and if it is a white cabin filter, something I have the black ones which are difficult. but if you have a white cabin filter, look at it and if it's if it's crystal white clean, forget about it. They're just trying to sell you something yeah oh,
4: I say. I see. I thank you very much. I do have one other thing to say. I went back to the dealership to talk to the service fellow because it didn't sound right to me about the battery. And I said to him, doesn't it seem odd to you? I have a brand-new car. I don't drive tremendous miles, but at 11,000, you replaced it. And now at 21, you're telling me I need another battery? And he said it was because I take short trips and I don't give it time to... To regenerate or
0: whatever. Sounds like kind because of a lame excuse to me. I, I know that yeah. a possibility. Uh, that but, part uh, is
2: true. Yeah, but, but a
0: lot of people take short trips and they have to replace two yeah. batteries while the car is still under warranty and under 21,000 miles is ridiculous. Oh. Yeah.
4: oh, okay. All right. I thank you so very much.
0: Thank you, Linda. Linda thank call. you
4: for
1: calling and uh, give us a call again 877 960 9960. Give us a call any of your questions and I want to say again our lines are full and uh, we are going to go to Shep who has been holding from Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning Shep. Good morning. How
0: can we
5: help I you? have a, uh, a question. I have a paint problem. My paint is peeling off the roof of the car and I want to know where I can have the car painted
0: Where's Alan when we need him?
5: A, a decent job.
0: Jeff, what uh, year car do you have? And what's the make, and model?
5: I have a a 2012 Nissan Altima.
0: Mm-hmm. What color paint and is they, it?
5: I bought it certified from them, and they forgot to mention that that year that they had a paint problem.
0: Mm-hmm. Shep, uh... So,
5: so now I'm stuck with a car with with 43,000 miles, okay?
6: Mm-hmm.
5: And, and the sides of the car are, are beautiful.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: You know, it's just on the roof, and now it's starting on the hood and the trunk.
0: Shep, uh, this is, uh, quite a ways out of warranty, even though you have low miles on it. Uh, the car's seven years old. Uh... Right. Do you, uh... How often do you wax the car?
5: It's waxed every time I wash it. I wax it. It's, it's it's in pristine condition.
0: Yeah, I was. I would say this is. It's worth an effort, a try. I think your odds are slim, but I would. I would go to the the dealer. I would go to the manufacturer, and I would ask for. A, I did. Uh huh.
5: I did, and they don't
0: want nothing to do with it. Yeah, now they're uh, depending on the manufacturer. It's very difficult. It's out of warranty, and that's the end of the. uh, Stu has a comment.
3: Well, I'm going to try and channel Alan Napier, who's our body paint uh, um, expert. it's it's kind of what you you get what you pay for you can get a really inexpensive paint job uh just to make it look okay um, probably for 200 right. or 300 from like a mako type of place mm. um the more right. extensive you get um to like do a, like a full professional job where they remove all the seals right. tape everything off I mean, it could run you close to a thousand dollars just to do do the roof of the car. Might be
0: cheaper to put a vinyl top on it. You remember vinyl
3: tops? Yeah, um, the yes, the do. Palm Beach edition. <laughs> that might cost you <laughs> a few hundred dollars. Yeah,
0: but I yeah. I think uh, I think Stu hit it on the head. Uh, you can get a cheap one, or you can get a, a really good one. that costs you a lot of money. I go for the vinyl top. I think sometimes they well, look cool. I'm an old guy, and I used to like vinyl tops. What, what kind of car is it again? He's got a Nissan. Uh, you know, 2012 Altima. Nissan Altima. Altima,
3: yeah. That would look interesting.
0: Yeah, Shep, thank you very much for the call. Sorry we couldn't give you better news, but uh, think about that vinyl top—you could probably get one put on for two or three hundred dollars.
5: Yeah, yeah, I understand, but but do you have any places to, to recommend? You know? uh,
0: it, I would say any of the uh, national brand. Mako or some of the other national brands uh, would be trustworthy, but you want to be sure you get the complete price. They always try to—they'll give you—it's like a dealer fee. They—they give you a price and they add this, this, and this. Get the complete out-the-door price on the paint job.
3: I'll I'll text Alan and get a recommendation from somebody he knows that's inexpensive. And um, you're local, right? Are you here? Well, it doesn't uh, have to
5: be that inexpensive. I'm going to keep the
3: car. Yeah. Um, Are you local, Shep? Yes. Okay, um, I'm going to get a recommendation or two, and we'll read it on the air um, for a, a body shop that can give you an economical um, um repainting of that roof. Yeah, stay
0: tuned, also. I
1: appreciate it. Yeah, oh, no thank problem. You. Thank you. Okay, we're going to go to Howard, who's been holding. And uh, he is a regular caller. Thank you, Howard. And he's from Jupiter. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call.
7: It's always a pleasure talking to you, Steve. Thank you. And I uh, just want to, I you know, want you to know that I'm in the Bronx, and it's very hot here. Uh, but the humidity is not as bad as Florida. That's, you know, and it doesn't rain. Uh, you know, and then sun comes out and rains. It's uh, like steady. Either it's raining or the sun is out. So mm. that's the only difference. No boy. Okay, uh, yeah, okay, just want to. Yeah. Okay. Just. I have a question about Takata airbags. I heard that uh, they're not remanufactured. They're coming. In. Is there news about the Takata airbags?
0: Well, I just know that a lot of manufacturers are still fighting it. I know that General Motors asked the NHTSA for a two- or three-year delay in recalling airbags. I do know that there's still a lot of manufacturers that don't have inflators available, and cars are driving around right now as we speak with people in the front seat endangered because there's no inflator available to fix the car. But uh, this situation is getting worse and worse and worse. And if you stay tuned for the mystery shopping report with CarMax, you'll know what I'm talking about. We have a serious situation there. And, uh, all I know is that the cut back problem is worse today than it ever was.
7: Okay. I have another question about, uh, brakes. Um, as I told you last uh, week, uh, I had tires, uh, I needed tires very badly. I put them on and, uh, they told me I needed brakes. They pulled the wheel off. They showed it to me. And I had a second opinion. I was told I don't need brakes. And uh, my question to you is, isn't there a way of telling, besides uh, pulling the uh, uh, wheel off, are there, are there sensors that uh, make a noise uh, so that, that when you hear this noise, you know that uh, within 100 miles you have to get brakes? Rick, I think this question is
0: for you. Yeah.
2: There are little metal clips that go on the brake pads that are supposed to be positioned to where when the pads get very thin they'll start to rub against the rotor and make a noise. However, they don't always work very well and if the pads are wearing unevenly for some reason they may not, one may not be close enough and they can also damage the rotor a little bit. My recommendation is simply when they do a tire rotation they should measure the brake pads and when your brake pads are below three millimeter it's time to start considering new brake pads and if they're one millimeter or below you definitely want to do it right then
0: i love that idea you rotate the tires every what every months? five thousand miles every or 5, six 000. months so that way you're perfectly safe and you get a brake check every five thousand miles
2: and at three millimeters the average driver should still have at least one more service left on their brakes anyways in case you need to budget for it very good
7: Okay, now uh, another question uh, pertaining to gra- uh, brakes, uh, should the rotors be cut, let us let say uh, you need brakes but the rotors were pristine, no problem, you run your finger over the rotor, there are no scratches, do you have to cut the rotors when you put the pads in?
2: You don't actually have to, we do recommend it so that the new pads will seat properly against the rotor and have a fresh surface to go against. Uh, it simply helps make the pads seat in better, last longer, and they won't less chance of making noise. How then. much does
0: it cost to cut the rotors?
2: Uh, cutting the rotors is for most places about an additional hundred to a hundred and fifty dollars, mm-hmm. and it's a lot less expensive than replacing rotors with factory ones that are can be cr- quite expensive. But it's actually a good idea to cut them. But if you if you don't want to pay for it and you don't have any brake pulsations or problems like that, then you're perfectly fine to just have new pads slapped on.
7: Okay, thank you very much uh, for taking my call, and I appreciate your knowledge, your expertise. Thank you, and have a good uh, Saturday.
0: Thanks, Howard.
1: (laughs) It was great hearing from you, Howard. Stay in that air conditioning. Give us a call next week. We're going to go to Frank, who's giving us a call from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Frank. Frank.
8: Good morning. Good morning. I I didn't catch the um, app to check uh, for recalls. I have an iPhone and I'd like to do that. Check the license plate.
2: Oh yeah, Rick was talking about that a few minutes ago. What was that, Rick? That app is on the uh, in in the uh, Apple App Store. It's simply called Airbag Recall.
8: Airbag Recall
2: and what you do is when you click on that app it will actually use the camera on your phone the the I'll hold this up in front of the camera I don't know if you're you're seeing it online or not but you can see where it's got a uh, I think you I see Earl all there yeah First, you, know. you kind of line the little square oh. up on your license plate <laughs> and then when it reads that license plate it will automatically check that VIN number to see if you have an open recall because Oops, it runs wow. your license plate and gets your VIN number and then
3: just boom. That's pretty snazzy. That looks like the stuff we use at the dealership to appraise cars and scan
2: vehicles. It's quick, it's simple, and you, all you do is walk right up behind the car and just scan that license plate, and in a couple seconds, it tells you whether or not you have any open recalls.
1: Welcome to the 21st century. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd love to hear well, Frank's from still you. On,
2: yeah, Frank's still on the phone. Oh,
1: uh, Frank, do you have, another yeah, que- you have another question?
8: Yeah, I have another question. I, oh, okay. I bought the RAV4 from you guys three months ago, uh, March 1st, actually. I'm the guy that called and caused problems with uh, not doing it through Costco right away.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember. But
8: anyway, um, I never got to check it. When I... Uh, push the hold button to hold the car still on a hill. Mhm. Are the I bra- is the brake lights on?
3: I don't think so, but I'm going to ask Rick that. Um, Frank's asking about the hold button where well, you're not really in park but you're you just push the button the car stays still and won't won't roll. Are the brake lights on when you do that?
2: I mm, don't think so. On some models it is, Ooh. but some it is not. Most I'm going to say no.
3: Okay. That's, I, I'm, I'm saying That's a problem. All, I'm gonna say no on all of them, and I'll differ with let's, Rick. Well, let's be safe, <laughs> be very careful, because uh, yeah, you're not it's, the lights aren't lit up, so I guess the cars coming up behind you won't know. That's well,
2: on it, but if you, if you're sitting on the hill, mo, you most likely already have the cars behind you. They're already okay. stopped, but you don't want your brake lights going off, anyways, because the guy behind you thinks, oh, I can creep forwards a little bit, okay. and then bump. I can tell you, I've never used that button.
8: Yeah, I don't yeah. use it. I, I tried to use it but it's you know when when the light changes, uh, what do I do? Oh yeah, I gotta step on the gas. Yeah,
3: yeah. I yeah. tried to explain oh. what it was to my daughter and I failed explaining to her and she goes, Well I'm just not gonna use it. I go, Well, me neither <laughs> Yeah. And
8: I, I, I never I never had gotten to ask anybody to stand behind the car and I just thought of it now and as I called you.
2: It's a good so question though. Like, is, yeah. I'm I'm gonna find out about that. Yeah. I wanna find a follow up next week. that. Yeah, let's follow up. Yep.
8: Well, I have a new uh, Rav Four. Maybe that, that. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I, I should. I should tell somebody to stand behind my car.
2: Well, be careful. <laughs> well, as, as a matter of fact, I've my wife's driving a, a nineteen Rav 2019, So I'm going to check that when I get home. We're we're going to find out for good. sure on that one.
0: Frank, thank you very much. Uh, do you have any other questions?
2: No, that's it. Thank you for your show again.
0: Well, please call again next week. You're a great caller. We appreciate it. 877-960-9960. And I'll repeat it for the people that like to hear it twice. 877-960-9960 in the text. Yes. 772-497-6530, and yes means we have a whole bunch of texts. Yes.
1: But before Stu gets started on his text, I have one, and it's from Roberta, and I promised her that uh, I would ask this question on the air. Uh, Is it better to hand wax your car, and how long will a hand wax last in Florida during the summer? And she keeps her car outside.
2: I'm going to say, yes, a hand wax is the best way, especially if you're having it done by a professional that's got good quality equipment because they're going to make sure the towels they're using are very clean, don't have any debris or sand in there that might hurt the finish. And for how long it lasts, most cases, let's say four four to six months, and I judge it by whether or not the water still beads up when you get wet. If if you run through a rainstorm and the water still beads up into those nice little puddles, it's still in pretty good shape. But about every six months, I would put a new coat of wax on there. Especially in Florida with this sun, it's just going to eat that paint. Otherwise, yeah,
1: especially keeping it outside. I love that beading effect. Oh, oh it's great. Yeah, it gives you an idea. Uh, Stu, you have text.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna. We have a few a few more that came in on youranonymousfeedback.com. Um, first one says, Dear Earl, Nancy, and team, forgive me for not waking up at 6 a.m. to call in out here in Los Angeles. Uh, during my car buying experience in 2017 for a, 20, for a, uh, for a Toyota Corolla L, I used True Car and CarGurus to set my target price at 15000 before tax and tag. I was in touch with 20 dealers via email, narrowed it down to about five. My hero. Mm-hmm. Some of the re- Earl's just drooling. He's salivating over there. Uh, some of the remaining dealers sent me messages that quote, these prices can change weekly, and that, quote, there are certain incentives and discounts you may or may not qualify for. In the end, I ended up buying from a gentleman who offered me a $15,400 price with no mention of incentives or disqualifying discounts. Uh, He did inform me that there was a $1,000 rebate on the 2017 model, from which your show is uh, what I understand as a manufacturer's discount that must be applied. What I'm basically getting at is this. When these salespeople tell you that there are certain incentives or discounts other than rebates, should people just ignore them? With the help of your show, I got my car for 15400 with a 1.9% interest rate. Wow. The transaction was smooth and fast, and I left the dealership um, a positive review. Thank you. And that's from Britt in Los Angeles, California. Well, Britt,
0: thank you very much. And just a message to all you listeners out there. Online makes it easy to shop an infinite number of dealers. He shopped 20 dealers. That sounds like a whole lot. But you could do that in an hour and a half online or less. And you're not going to get answers from everybody that you go out to. But competition is your best tool to get a good price. And when you do 20 dealerships online, you are going to get a great price. And he did. Congratulations, and thank you for the text.
3: Yeah, thanks, Britt. Uh, we have another anonymous one. Uh, this is uh, anonymous, <laughs> of course, even though Brett identified himself. Uh, Hi, Earl. The info you put out on your radio show and website is really good, but hardly anyone knows about it. Have you ever thought about putting an advertisement on a billboard on the side of I-95 in Broward or Dade County that directs people to your channel and website? Wow.
0: Well, that, that's a great idea. One of our problems, and I guess that we could ask Rudy or some of the uh, executives here at, at the radio station, our signal... Uh, Radio signal, per se, doesn't penetrate uh, real well to Dade County. It's kind of marginal in Broward County. Of course, we stream, and we also have online. But That's an interesting question. One of these days, we need to get a count, if possible, to see how many people we're reaching uh, on the Internet. And if we had a a sizable audience, or maybe the way to jumpstart it is to put the billboard up. Uh, we'd love to go to Dade and Broward because the population is so high down there. But we're going to investigate that. I like the idea. And the behavior is so bad. Oh, it's it's uh, Dodge City. It's just like, right. you know, I'm Matt Dillon it's, going into the Dodge City. It's the OK yeah. Corral. Yeah. There,
1: there'd be so many people to save. It'd be unbelievable. Exactly. You know, speaking of the signal, uh, it was uh, the day before yesterday that somebody called me from Port St. Lucie. And they said that they tune in at eight o'clock, but they're in their car, they're on their way to work, and they're on Port St. Lucie Boulevard, yeah. and they lose the show.
0: Yeah, that's radio. I mean, online is the wave of the future, and if you can do it online, uh, if you just go to streammeroldcars.com, you can stream it directly from the radio show. www.stream Earl on that way you're streaming on the internet as long as you have a good comcast or at or whatever you're using a uh, wi-fi as long as you've got a good strong strong signal you, uh, you can listen to it anywhere in the world so stream Rolloncars.com. but radio is radio and you get uh yeah, he- thunderstorms on a.m. and and the signals come in and out we got some more text over here
3: on youtube from david he says good morning mr stewart uh, my name is Davide, I'm sorry, from, from Orlando, and today is my birthday. Happy birthday, David. Uh, can you explain about taxes, how much, and if the local taxes count as well on a sale in a new car?
0: Taxes in Florida are 6%, but counties have uh, supplemental taxes, and they can go up to what? Another 1%, Stu? Half percent, 1%? Uh, in
3: Palm Beach County, it's an extra 1%, but they, it's limited to the first $5,000. First $5,000. So it's basically $50 on most car sales. Yeah.
0: The thing you want to be sure of is anything you pay. To the government, there's no way you're going to get out of that. So just verify it is a government fee. And if it's a county tax plus a state tax, you're not going to get out of that. Dealers must charge that or they go to the Slammer. That's right. And actually, some dealers have gone to the Slammer because they did charge you that and they stuck it in their pocket yeah. and they didn't send it into town. That's tell all I say.
3: The state doesn't care if you charge it. They just want to get paid. They want to get paid. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, I have an answer, by the way. Shep called in a while back, and he had a problem with delamination. In other words, peeling paint on the roof of his 2012 Ultima. Um, and we said we'd find a reputable place uh, to go. So Alan Napier let me know that um, Dave's Auto Body on Northlake Boulevard, it's Dave's Auto Body on Northlake Boulevard, Shep, if you're listening, is trustworthy and low cost. So Alan recommends that. But he did say that he has a... Special Alan Napier radio show special for Shep. And uh, Alan said he'll take care of it for $300 if it's just yeah. the roof.
0: Yeah. Well, we don't like to advertise. And we're a consumer uh, advocacy show. Sure. But we'll say Dave's Auto Body on North Lake Boulevard. And, you know, that's, that's invaluable. We have insider information. As I say, full transparency, we are also car dealers, and we have a car dealership. And we had it for a long time, and we have our cars repaired and fixed. If we trade in an off-make car, we'll take it to somebody we -hmm. trust, independent, or even a dealer. sometime what we should do, and I'm thinking out loud, uh, Stu, take notes. We will, we will do a web page, a link that will let people know where they can take their car: Nissan, Ford, Chevrolet, Cadillac and they can go to a trustworthy, independent, or car dealership. And We're talking about recommended dealers from sales and leasing, the good dealer, bad dealer list. We need to have a good repair, bad repair list. We can forget the bad repair. We'll just have the good repair list because what we all would rather have our car fixed by a, a qualified, talented technician, preferably not a car dealer because car dealers charge too much. And we will create such a list. Thank you for that text.
3: All right. Uh, moving on, this is a text from Tyrone S., um, who did, worked had a job as a mystery shopper for 16 years. Hmm. He says, first time texting you guys, uh, and third time I've watched your show on YouTube. Question, it appears you guys seem to be focusing on Florida area. Do you guys ever go on the road like to other cities and do what you do?
0: Well, I'm glad you asked that, Tyrone. By the way, Tyrone, if you're interested in a job, we're always looking for additional mystery shoppers. And uh, one of the problems we have, and I, I should have said this earlier, we had somebody earlier in the show text about a mystery shop. He did Edmore's del Delray, Toyota. And I have to say this in full disclosure, that we don't know that texter, and we don't know that it was an accurate report. We know that our mystery shoppers are... Uh, They're employed by us, they're vetted by us, and we know we have reliable reports. We caution them to um, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Exactly. They're reputable. So so we're staking our reputation on their reports. When we get a call in or a text on a mystery shopping report, we have to give the disclosure. So retroactive disclosure to the gentleman that called in earlier. We believe what you said about Ed Morris Del Rey Toyota, but we have to say we don't know you and we cannot vouch for it.
1: Absolutely. Okay, we're going to Memphis, Tennessee, where we are going to be speaking to Reggie.
0: Home
8: good developers.
1: morning, Reggie.
8: Hey, good morning, guys. I I um ran into a friend from high school. He sells cars now. I asked him about the bill of fees, uh his response was that um uh, the fees were used for um uh overhangs And also cars that they lose money on. He says that sometimes they get cars on the lot that uh, they end up losing money on, especially on the used car side, that they can't sell. Uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, I did a little research and I found some articles. Uh, One was about uh, GM back from 2016-17. And uh, the article talked about the head of GM, Mary Barra, who uh, um, she came in and uh, she said GM would be more disciplined about uh, discounts. They wouldn't give as many. So uh, the article said GM had a bloated uh, inventory of uh, sedans, uh, Malibu's in particular. And the article said that at the uh, end of the year, GM dumped a Bunch of cars on rental lots, and that uh, drove the value down of the Malibus that people out there own. So, just want to know what you thought about that. If, if there's any truth to this said or not,
0: Reggie, that's it's not true. It's a rationalization. Uh, the person that told it to you, could, he could think it's true. Sometimes car dealers will tell their salespeople stories, untrue stories, justifying the dealer fees. Dealer fees are. Profit to the dealer, and it's hidden profit. That's the bad part about it. If they put a dealer fee or anything else they want to call it, and they include it in the advertised price or the price they quoted you, when you asked them how much is that particular car, there would be no harm to dealer fees. The harm in dealer fees is they are hidden. And then when you find them, if they... Do find them, a lot of people never know they paid that extra profit to the dealer. But when they find them, they have to come up with a story, and a good story is they have to pay for. Uh, I, I, some of them are even tongue in cheek. They say this this pays the payments on the dealer's uh, yacht, or this pays for the payments on the dealer's airplane, or this is a pension plan.
3: Ha 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 So funny. So, so they
0: have they have rationale. The fact of the matter is, when you buy any product other than a car the price that you see on the shelf or the salesman tells you is usually the price you pay when you buy a car there's extra hundreds or thousands of dollars that are hidden from you until you sign on the dotted line until you write the check uh, or until you, you sign the installment sales contract to finance the car you don't find out at all or if you do find out, it's at the last minute and it's too late. But uh, Reggie, anything they told you about the legitimacy and honesty of a dealer fee is probably not true. And the other stories they're telling you about uh, why they price a car at a particular price—it's—it's it's just a way to sell you the car. And I'm sorry that they—they they try to mislead you that way. But that's the—that's the actual truth. Gotcha. Reggie, thanks for Good. the call. Uh, Memphis, we, uh, we love it when we reach out of the area. and uh, yeah, We need a map where we can just put a pin
3: every time we get a call from a new state. I was
0: thinking that the other day. Yeah. And would you please spread the word in Memphis, Reggie? And we'd love to have some other folks listening from Memphis. And uh, just let everybody know, we'd love to hear from anybody about any problems or questions they have about cars. I'd love to vi- I would love to visit Memphis. Call again, Reggie. Here
4: we are. Here
0: we are. Th- thank you.
1: Ladies and gentlemen... Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And remember, ladies, the first two new lady callers. You can win yourself $50 this morning. Join in the conversation. Help us here to build that platform. Speaking of building a platform, uh, we have a young lady that gives us a call. Every week from Bonita Springs, and her name is Tina. Welcome to the show, Tina.
7: Good morning, everybody.
9: Good morning, I love Tina. That
1: intro music. I the, the devil goes down
9: to the back. car dealership.
3: There we go. And, and wreaks out. havoc. That's my
9: new tagline with y'all. Watch out. Um, yes. <laughs> Both guns blazing. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to bring about something that's been happening here in southwest Florida, every day for the last week or two there have been reports of car fires and i think part of it is because of the really high temperatures but rick i was wondering if there's a way for auto owners to prevent themselves from getting into this mess in the first place if it's a matter of maintenance or if it's just the luck of the draw
2: uh that'd be tough to say without knowing what causes the fire i mean If it's a situation, the first thing I would suspect is people refueling their car and keeping the engine running so that the air conditioning stays cold. Now, you've got an ignition source with a hot exhaust and sparks can possibly be going while you've got live gasoline fumes moving around. Extremely dangerous. Always turn that engine off and no smoking anywhere near those fuel pumps. And... Otherwise, if it's such things as oil leaking on the engine, most cases that's pretty unlikely to cause a fire issue. Uh, The only other thing I might suggest is if they're letting the car just sit and run to keep that air conditioning going, again, that can cause excessive heat buildup and possibly lead to a fire. But other than that, without knowing the exact cause of of the fire itself, really hard to say what can be done to prevent it.
9: Yeah, these cars that have caught fire have been on the right-of-ways, like people driving down I-75, and all of a sudden they have to pull over because their vehicle is starting to smoke. So it's not necessarily the parked car situation where the engine is running. It's when the car is in motion.
2: Yeah, well, that that could be just vehicles overheating, not well-maintained and having overheat problems. I would check the uh, makes, the brands and models. I I don't think it's
0: a... I don't think it's a problem among all vehicles. And when you do the Consumer Reports check on reliability, uh, that's probably a factor. I mean, when cars will just uh, spontaneously catch on fire side <laughs> of the road, it, it's got to be a quality problem of some yeah. kind. And uh, some cars have less quality. So just be very careful. Select something that's high on the Consumer Reports recommended list.
9: Yeah, and the minute, I mean, cars go up on fire so quickly. And yep. if you're driving, there is the least little bit of a problem. You smell even the least little bit of something burning. Pull over immediately. Get as far away from your car as possible and call 911. Don't mess around because time's not on your side.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: I don't worry about that with Nancy in the car because she's got a nose like a bloodhound. She can <laughs> smell anything. She can smell a problem in another car on the highway. She can smell a burning car in Bonita
3: Springs. Exactly. I definitely can. <laughs> and
1: I get out of the car even before you park it exactly it's in drive and i'm jumping out yeah. i love the thrill
3: <laughs> you live on it <laughs>
1: <days. laughs> uh, tina thanks for calling i've <laughs> got a little humor there <laughs> it's the truth though <laughs> <laughs> have a great weekend yeah thanks,
9: tina. and ladies i can't do this by myself jump on the jump on the woman train let's make this happen
1: there okay, you right. go there you go choo choo <laughs>
9: Okay. Go wreak
3: havoc, Tina.
1: <laughs> We're going to go to Steve, who's been holding from Jupiter. Good morning, Steve.
10: Good morning.
3: Good
10: I morning. I got a question for Rick. Reference check engine light.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh boy.
10: I have, <laughs> I have a 2002. I bought it new F-150, with a 4.2 V6. Runs terrific. Everything looks fine. I change the oil every three to four thousand miles using synthetic. The tailpipe is clean. Uh, check engine light came on. My buddy plugged in his little handheld computer, and it says that bank one is pending, running too lean. Bank two is stored, running too lean. But it doesn't say how to fix it. What would cause it to run too lean? And the second part of the question is, if I do nothing because the motor is running so good, am I doing any harm to the motor
2: good question first the causes there are two primary causes for that the first one is you've either got an air leak or a what's called a vacuum leak you're getting too much air into the engine or the second cause is you're not getting enough fuel you say the car is running pretty normal so I'm gonna bet that most likely somewhere around there probably a vacuum hose especially on a 17 year old vehicle one of the air hoses has got a little bit of a leak
0: answer is the most important question if he does nothing can he do damage to the vehicle he says it runs like a
2: top yep uh so most likely i would say it's probably just a small leak like that and it's not going to be a breakdown issue what you are going to see is a loss of fuel economy very possible and a little loss of power but I don't think you've got a situation, especially with. He says it runs the, great. So, Lean how's codes. your fuel
0: economy, and how's your how is your uh, power?
10: The, the, the motor runs fine. It's still got plenty of power, just like when it was new. I take care of the vehicle myself, change the oil, and do all the maintenance on it. And it's been a great truck. I, and I was just wanted to make sure that if I do nothing or can't find the problem, it, would there be uh, harm to the motor? But I think you guys answered my question.
0: Steve, uh, thanks for a call. That's I always believe uh, you know, uh, uh like the rule of the physicians, first do no harm. And yep. if you feel good and you're and you're sharp and everything's fine, you don't want to go to the doctor and ask him to give you an operation. Just keep on driving that truck and having a good time. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, Steve. You're quite
1: welcome. A seven seven nine six oh ninety nine sixty Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, youranonymousfeedback.com. Real important, you can share your views right there.
2: Rick's got a couple of YouTube uh, posts, I think. Yep, we do. Uh, Let's see. The first one I have here, get back to this one, is from Ernesto. And he says, according to the owner's manual, coolant is first changed at five years and then every two years why is it two years after the first change instead of five years good question well the primary cause for that is because the normal coolant renew that is done at most shops and dealerships is they simply drain the radiator and then refuel the system this doesn't change all the coolant that's all the way through the rest of the hoses the heater core and in the engine so what you're actually doing is changing about one-third of the coolant and diluting the rest of it that's why after the five-year situation they say switch to every two years and you're simply keeping it a little bit renewed each time Hmm. is that that true in all cars that's true for just about every car if you're doing just a simple drain and refill on the radiator which is what most manufacturers recommend Hmm. Now, the other way you can do it, it's, it's a more expensive procedure. You can have what's called a flush. We don't want to do that. Where the entire system is totally flushed out, drained, and refilled. It's a much more expensive thing, and it's not—it it does make it to where you only have to do that every five years. Stay away from flushes. But you could actually do it just every two years Except just by bathroom. doing a drain and refill. Exactly.
3: Okay.
1: Okay, you heard it from uh, the recovering car dealer. Stay away from flushes.
2: Absolutely. Except yes. for the toilet.
3: Um, okay. Uh, we have a shout-out, by the way, from a listener in Las Vegas. Uh, oh. Hey.
1: Hi, Melissa. That's
3: hey, right. put put uh, $10 on red for me, will you? And then if I lose, I'll send you a check. There we go. Okay. Uh, we also have one. This is from, uh, what well, we don't have a name on this, but uh text says, University Mitsubishi in Davie, Florida, advertising sale prices uh, but in the super fine print they advise that you have to finance who their preferred lender. Isn't that against the law? And they sent some pics of the fine print.
0: Yeah, the only time that there is legitimacy to tying the interest rate to the purchase price of a car is when the captive lender, Mitsubishi uh, or Honda or General Motors. Sometimes the lender will have a super strong low interest rate, and they'll offer you an alternative with a cash rebate. So to get the advertised price, you have to go through the the lender. Uh, is that right, Stu? Because you get the rebate, or
3: either or. Okay, there's, um, and I'm only speaking for Toyota for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. For example, they will offer a cash incentive. They'll call it dealer cash, yeah. and say it's fifteen hundred dollars or two thousand um, dollars that you would get off the price of the car that uh, off the price that you negotiate. By the way, um,
0: but if you, do you still get the price off the car if you go
3: to a different lender? Yes, you can use it. With, you can you can pay cash. You can go to your credit union. You can use any lender that you prefer. So, there's, so it's not legitimate that you should tie the advertised
0: price of a car to using a particular lender
3: well usually like for toyota the advertised price uh for a car is actually um uh it's higher if you use their if you use their lender because you get a you get a special interest rate instead yeah, of the fit, exactly, the cash exactly. so it's kind of the opposite of that now uh toyota does and i think other car manufacturers do offer this occasionally there'll be an additional rebate that comes with the, sp- the financing with that lender so i'll give you an example uh and this is not an advertisement for toyota it's just because it's the only thing i know about uh, the the two thousand and nineteen Camry uh, has a two thousand dollar cash incentive um, or special financing, but now they 're offering an additional five hundred even if you get the special financing. I know it sounds confusing uh, that 's why you got to do a lot of research, but um, there are rebates that are associated with special financing, and you have to use their lender well i 'm going to say this: you should not
0: tie your uh, purchase price of a car to the lender you use. The lender should be of your own choice. And it probably should be your credit union or your own bank, because when you 're dealing with a car dealer's uh, bank, chances are he 's making a big fat mm-hmm. finance reserve uh, two thousand or three thousand dollars but I, w-
3: I will say that um, like in the case of dealer cash um, it 's to your advantage to use your um, your own lender for for that reason and also you also get to use the cash incentive exactly so yeah. if you get a really good rate, use your own lender don 't use the dealer 's lender good rule of thumb well um, if you 're getting zero percent um on exactly. something like that then exactly. that's something to look at
0: if it is coming straight from the dealer's lender Correct. but 9 9 times out of 10 it doesn't be very leery of
3: the dealer's lender mm-hmm. okay um, we have a text from Anne Marie, longtime listener and longtime texter.
1: Good morning, Anne Marie.
3: Good morning. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, good morning. Last week, he had a caller who suggested rubbing a cut potato on the windshield, and that would do as good a job as RainX. Now that it started raining regularly here in South Florida, inquiring minds would like to know Did anybody try
2: it, and did it work? Rick is smiling. Yes, I did. I sliced up a potato and I rubbed one half of my windshield, and then I did one side window. That way I would be able to compare left to right to okay. get an idea.
1: I'm going to interrupt you. Was it a Yukon? Was it a red potato? Or was it we're a not russet? Gonna, we're
0: not going to turn this into a bagel discussion that takes
2: five hours. So, so this w- is a
1: which one was better?
2: Japanese sweet potato. It was a nice big old Yukon gold. There you go. And the reason I used such a large potato is because I kept having to cut off fresh slices. And folks, end of story. It worked a little bit, but it was messy. It was hard to get a good even coat without streaking it. I kept having to go back and wash the win- windows and reapply, trying to get just one nice coating. Use Ranex. My Redux. opinion. <laughs> we, if you're a, we have a caller. Let's go to the caller.
1: We have, excuse me, we have a, a female caller, Susan, the first time caller. From Stewart. Susan, you just won yourself $50. Oh, thank you. You're quite welcome. You stay on the line after we're finished, and Rudy will take your okay. information so I can get that check out to you. Okay. What can I do for you today?
4: Well, I have a question. I am a 66-year-old woman still flying as a flight attendant. I'm in the market to buy me a used. I'm really serious about the Genesis. Mm-hmm. would like to know what they think about what model year would you know would last me a good 10 to 15 years should i go i've been looking at fourteen, twenty fourteen. 2014 i thought maybe i ought to go up to a 2016 year model do you have any any knowledge on either one of those or any other year in particular for
0: genesis two as a
3: point well susan i i, I don't know and i I'm guessing nobody in the studio knows. But um, the first thing I would do is go to Consumer Reports and check the used vehicles. You just
1: took the words right out of my mouth. That's what I was going to ask you, Susan, if you had checked on any of the consumer reports, whether it be the recent one or the past, because they have a lot of information.
0: I have have checked Consumer Reports, and they give the Genesis a very good rating. Oh, there Uh, you go. But the problem is... uh, You don't know how far back that rating goes, and it depends on which year you buy. But most recently, the the Genesis has gotten some very good ratings. The Korean cars have really come up uh, very strongly in their quality ratings, and uh, uh, I think the Genesis is a great car. Uh, You're comparing it to Lexus and some other uh, real um, luxury cars, and for the price, it's a, a great buy.
3: Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, the 2016. It gets high user uh, or owner recommendations, but mid grade, um, like a mid range, like in the yellow on reliability. But you can go through the years and it gives you the, um, the same thing. You just choose 2015, looks the same. A 2014, go there and find find one right. that, oh, that has uh, good recommendations uh, from reliability and owner satisfaction.
1: Have Have you started
4: shopping, Susan? No, well, I just went to the place, you know, Wallace here in Stewart, Mm. and I just, you know, that's the only place I...
0: Really looked at. So. Yeah, be sure you check the Carfax report and be sure you have the Genesis checked by your independent mechanic. It's going to cost you a few dollars, but when you agreed on a price and you're getting ready to sign on the dotted line or write out a check for your Genesis, insist that they allow you to take that to an independent mechanic. It might cost you 150 or $200. bucks. he will go over the car thoroughly, but you, you need to do that with the Carfax report, and you also Want to check that car for recalls, and that's easily done just by looking at the Carfax report, and you can all go to safercar.gov, S-A-F-E-R-C-A-R.gov. Be sure there's no safety recalls.
1: And, 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 And also, Susan, don't get caught up in any fees.
4: Okay, yeah, I've been listening to the last couple of weeks, so I know I know about those. I was just basically looking for a car that you know would last for a good 10 to 12 years, and I, you know that's my last car I'm going to buy. So I just thought maybe the Genesis was the way to go.
0: Excellent. That's a good choice, that's a, okay. a good value. And as I say, the Hyundai quality has come up considerably over the past fifteen years.
1: Okay, we'd love to Thank hear back so from you, Susan let us know how your car buying you. experience went okay thank you
0: stay okay. on the line susan and give rudy your contact information and we'll get that 50 bucks know. out to you uh,
1: ladies and gentlemen uh, if uh, you haven't heard talk heard earl talking uh the last couple of weeks probably last month about his hundred thousand dollar dealer fee challenge well It's going to be a doozy. Uh, I'm sure that there's going to be a few people that are going to chime in and uh, join the debate with them. And uh, it's a a debate uh, resolution to make dealer fees illegal. And uh, the recovering car dealer has something to say about
0: that. Well, I'm just kind of uh, disappointed that nobody's even... Uh, Text me, email me, have me use uh, youranonymousfeedback.com. Car dealers in Florida, I challenge you. I want to debate you live on the air on this radio station, uh, 8 to 10. We'll have uh, rules of debate. You'll have your equal say. I'll have my equal say. And the proposition will be, should the dealer fee be made illegal in Florida? And if you have an opinion and you'd like to debate me, uh, and you win the debate based on the votes of our listeners, uh, you'll win $100,000 cash from me, and uh, if I win, you'll pay me $100,000. we will take the $100,000, we will put it in escrow with an attorney of your choice, or my choice, or a mutual choice, Keep it at escrow so there's no shenanigans after the results of the vote come in. And I'm negotiable on the amount. If 100000 is too little or too much, we can negotiate that. And even the format. We don't have to do it live on this stage. We can do it on another stage. Let's talk about it. And you don't have to disclose who you are. Just go to youranonymousfeedback.com, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Say, Earl, I'm listening to this $100,000 challenge. I'm interested, but I want to make a few changes. Let's negotiate.
3: I know this is obvious, but the reason you haven't had any challenges is because it's indefensible. Well, that's what I believe, right? I mean, no but, one's going to. If you put a ch- $100,000 $100, challenge to prove that yeah. that murder is okay, you, no one's going to get but, on but, there and argue but, that. But, that's a good <laughs>
0: example. But, but I have to say that here I am, one person, and there's thousands and thousands of car dealers in Florida, am I right? And they're all wrong they all want you to just be
3: quiet about it i know yes okay.
1: exactly uh ladies and gentlemen uh if you uh, picked up uh, if you didn't pick up the uh, hometown news uh, y- uh you should and uh if you can't find it you can go to Earl on Cars uh he recently uh, wrote a column and uh it's a question that i've asked myself over and over again uh if car commercials were honest Boy, I'll tell you what, that's a mouthful. Well, uh, you can go to the Florida Weekly and you can read that column. And you can also read the column uh, in the hometown news, and that is on leasing. And I seem to have misplaced. Oh, here we go. Don't be trapped into leasing. For the rest of your life, and uh, if you haven't picked up, as I said, the Florida Weekly or the Hometown News, go to Earl on Cars, and you can read those columns and so much more. We're going to go to uh, John. He's a favorite caller. He a needs r- a
3: theme song too.
1: A regular, yeah. We have to get him a uh, a theme song from Palm City. We'll let John. Pick I it think up. I know what h- would be very fitting. We'll discuss it after the show. Hi, John.
11: Good morning. Morning. Every week in the paper, uh, you see uh, under the legal notices, you see an auction. Usually it's a towing company, and it's put in two to three weeks ahead. It lists a car that they're going to auction off and a serial number. Um, My opinion, my advice, never to buy one. First of all, if the cars were any good, somebody, employee or the towing company or outside person that they're in touch with, would buy that car and fix them up. So, I, when people usually read that, I wouldn't waste their time to go to these uh, so called uh, towing companies that, you know, put a lien on a car because the owners have never picked them up. Sure. That's the first thing I want to say. Actually, in general, I myself, who has followed the uh, antique car auctions, would never buy a car. First of all, most of the classic car, by the way, today is Barrett Jackson if you want to watch it on cable TV. I just watch it as entertainment. It's in Hunkersville, Connecticut, and it's been held. This is the third day today. Uh, wh- I think that the auctions are for mostly for wealthy people. I mean, uh, for instance, John Salupi, a local, bought that uh, Supra Toyota mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for $2.3 million. Yeah. People forgetting something. Not only that, at the auction, the only guarantee that you get is the title. You don't drive the car. You don't really see you know who the owner was, or get the history of it, it's a uh, pig in the poke. It yeah. may look good, but it may may not so good, you know, underneath. And by the way, auctions in general, I would stay away from uh, the largest auction, which is the dealers go through and it's for dealers, is the Mannheim. Yeah. And years ago, I met the owner, the man that founder of it, Paul Stern, a very honest, integrity man. I mean, unbelievable. he had a Chrysler dealership in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. And people came to him because of his honesty and sincerity, and he just had a great reputation. And he was the actual founder of the Mannheim Auto Auction. His name was Paul Stern, passed away, and he had a collection of Chrysler, old Chrysler cars. But, uh, my just, my point is, in general, uh, auctions are bad news for automobiles, and it's a, it's a risk that people take and unless they have a lot of money. By the way, I guess some people, maybe I'm not going to knock them, but if somebody wants to collect a car, and I want a Supra, 93 to 97, Toyota made a Supra Turbo. It was one of the fastest street legal cars at the time. Mm -hmm. Rick will probably remember the car. It cost roughly about $39,000, $40,000 new. You can still get a new one today, a top notch one is worth like twenty five thousand and it's from ninety three to ninety seven. It was a six cylinder turbocharged Supra.
0: John, did you a know real we had- goodbye? John, anybody did anybody you know ever run had-
11: across one?
0: Did you know we had one?
11: Something that could you know, some people can afford and it's around twenty five thousand for a mint one.
2: Thank you, John. Hey John. We've got yes. one. You we, do? We have one at the dealership. It's bright red. Yeah, we just bought
3: one uh, actually a couple of months ago. Pretty nice.
11: <laughs> well, they're fast. Did you drive it?
3: I'm too
2: scared. They won't let me.
11: Well, it, <laughs> it, it really was unbelievable at the time. It would beat most, peop- most cars on the road with this uh, turbo uh, six-cylinder engine. And I just mentioned that because... Uh, and, you know, some people—the uh, worst thing that anybody could do is to buy a first model or a last model of a car. Uh, in 2002, when the T Bird came out, the new model and the Camaro, people went crazy. Mm-hmm. The, on the T Bird, there was a dealer here in Treasure Coast that was getting as much as— is not illegal, but to get ten thousand dollars above the list. And what really happened to the car? It sank. Yeah. It the, the value. Everybody was nuts. nut. They said, oh, like the 55 Thunderbird, we're going to collect it, we'll put it away, and this and that. It was all nonsense. And probably the best example that I saw here in Florida was 1976 when Cadillac announced the last full-size Cadillac Eldorado. Okay, Hoyle Cadillac, which was in Delray Beach, yeah. was buying every one that he could find and paying as much as dealer. He's a Cadillac dealer. He paid a window list and above, and he stacked up on them. I have no idea what he finally did with them. But the bottom fell out because Cadillac swore it's the last convertible, not El Dorado, but the last convertible, and everybody went crazy to build 14,000 of them. And guess what? They got General Motors got sued. Seven years later, Cadillac came out with a factory convertible.
0: So Good advice,
3: John. Good advice. He sold them all to John Stilupi. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we love hearing from you, John. Thanks,
3: Thanks very John. much for the call, John.
0: And please call again next week. You are are arguably, I think, in a tie with Tina
3: for our best caller. Uh-huh. And, and, and the, our longest caller. Our longest for and
1: sure. And uh, John is definitely the longest caller. We're going to get you some theme music, uh, John, if you're still yeah, listening. Yeah, think about,
3: think about your song, we'll, and <laughs> we'll, we'll do it for you. But, by the way, John is actually his, – his advice is – I spoke to Rudy good. already. <laughs> All, right. <laughs>
11: All right, you have a good day. Look forward to the shopping report.
3: Thanks, oh, thank uh, you so much. Yeah, he's right uh, on the auctions. Uh, I mean, I think the danger most is the dealers, but when a dealer has a problem with a car – where does it go? It goes to the auction. Now, it's better now with condition reports and there's some recourse, but if dealers don't want to use that, if they are purposely buying cars that are in not tip-top shape to sell it for cheap, um, then you got to really do your due diligence. But you're absolutely right. Auction can be dangerous and it can be a good thing.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you didn't pick up the Consumer Report for uh, August 2019, you should. I'll tell you what, there is a whole lot of information uh, in this Uh, report on headlights you know there's a lot there's not really a lot of talk about headlights but they're so important and they've come a long way wait till you read that article and also nitrogen that old old topic there's a whole lot to say on that and then they discuss the advanced driver assistance systems and uh, how they can help you so that's the august 2019 consumer report
0: Okay, we got some more text, don't
3: we? Uh, We do. Uh, Let's see here. We have, this is from Robbie, who's a longtime listener and texter. It says, good morning. Uh, Why is there such a big difference in manufactured car warranties? For example, Toyota and Honda are three years, 36,000 miles. BMW, Lexus, and Mercedes are four years, 50,000 miles. Kia is a whopping 10-year, 100,000 miles. You would think Toyota would offer a better warranty since they're probably the best-built car on the road for the dollar. Thank you. This is from Robbie and Stuart.
0: Robbie, that's a question I've wrestled with for years and years, and I've always said exactly what you said. Why don't the really good manufacturers put longer warranties and uh, you'd think that the uh, manufacturers of lesser quality vehicles would have shorter warranties. Actually, it's almost the opposite. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes when cars come out and they're having problems selling them you remember the Yugo? Uh Yugo lasted only a couple of years in this country. It was just a, a piece of junk.
3: And it had a million-mile warranty. And
0: it had a, no. uh, <laughs> a five-year, 50000 mile, bumper-to-bumper warranty. Oh. And, they
3: made, they, and they never made And it to 50,000 miles. They couldn't miles.
0: sell it any other way without <laughs> the warranty. Right. And uh, <laughs> some of the good quality cars, and you mentioned Toyota, uh, they have a three-year 36, uh, I'm a Toyota dealer, and I, I, I argue with Toyota all the time. you got a great car, why don't you brag about it, why don't you give them a long warranty? And they don't do it because they don't have to, Stu. I it. have a theory.
3: Um, I think it has to do with perceived cost repairs, hence the Lexus and BMW's longer warranty, and then also perceived a, per, a perception of reliability because I know like during the recession, I think Hyundai and Kia came out with a 100,000 mile warranty. It was an added thing of peace of mind because the reputation is they didn't have the quality. Yeah, well, war- they've improved the, the quality but the warranty stays Yeah, the
0: warranty is a huge expense and, uh, and as cars get higher and higher quality, I think you will see the warranties creep up a little bit uh, when the cars become virtually uh, 100% reliable, never be 100%, but virtually, then you're going to have some extremely long warranties. But uh, right now, the warranties make no sense. There are cars out there on the road with a real long warranties that don't have high quality and vice versa.
3: Okay, the next one, uh, this is uh, a text, it says, um, Hey guys, is there a way to tell if your vehicle has a Takata airbag in it? And when I first read it, I thought they asked, is there a way to tell if if there's a recall? And the answer is yes. You just run your vehicle identification number through um, safercar.gov. It'll let you know. But the question is, how can you tell if your car has a Takata airbag in it? Now, Rick might know the answer to this. Um, My answer is you can still go to the NHTSA website, and they have this thing called Recall Spotlight. And you can put your year make model in, and it will tell you if your car is potentially affected by the Takata airbag recall. Now I don't know if that means they it's telling you it's got a safe Takata airbag in there or what, but I'll I'll leave it to Rick to answer the more technical question. Do you
2: have to take apart the steering column to see it? You would have to disassemble the steering wheel where the driver's airbag is and the dash where the passenger airbag is. Now the problem is that Takata airbag recalls are still in the planning stages and coming out for more cars. They have not all been announced yet. And unless you're a Takata executive or someone in the know of you know, just how many more of those airbags are going to have to be recalled as the future comes, there's no way for us to know whether your airbag will potentially become on that list. Takata no longer exists, by the way. They're bankrupt, and uh, another company
0: absorbed them and changed the name. Yeah. And so you might even uh, disassemble a car and see a name that's not Takata, but it really is a Takata airbag. So the best thing to do is just check your sources like uh, NHTSA, and you can go to safercar.gov, and you can check the manufacturer of your car, and you can check with
3: Carfax. And uh, we've got some more text. Yes, we do. Uh, Question: Since we are talking about car fires at the, uh, since we're talking about car fires, at the pump, there are warning signs about not using cell phones nearby. Is this a real concern, or is it the same as not using your cell phone on an airplane? And what about turning your engine off during fueling? Is that really necessary?
0: Yes. Next text.
3: Absolutely. On both, on the cell phone. Cell phone, uh,
0: cell phone, they say you're not supposed to use your cell phone around a, um, I think that's a stretch myself, but if they got a sign that says, don't use your cell phone, don't use your cell phone.
2: Mythbusters actually proved that one false. Okay, good.
3: Okay. Uh, here's an interesting question. I don't know if we have time to answer it in full. This is from Tim in Florida. Earl, tell us when you decided to become an auto dealer. What were you doing before Stuart Toyota?
0: I was uh, an electronics engineer, and I had a, I, I had a degree in a master's degree in physics, and from Florida and or a bachelor's degree from Florida, master's degree from Purdue. Uh, started out as an electronics engineer uh, in 1964, and uh, then uh, got promoted. They wanted to move me to Pittsburgh. I didn't want to go to Pittsburgh, and neither did my wife. And so uh, my father was a Pontiac dealer, and he said, how'd you like to try the car business? And that's how it started back in 1968.
3: I and remember. I was an infant.
1: I, and ironically, his second wife was already in Pittsburgh. Really? Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> you should have moved <laughs> earlier. <laughs> uh, the next <laughs> one comes in here. It just says, when you buy a Yugo you had to buy two to have spare parts. And they sent this picture here. I will show the world on our live feed here. An old Yugo ad. Yeah, three thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars.
0: You know who made the uh, the Yugo was actually a Fiat, and uh, it was I believe it was uh, made in Russia, but it was actually Fiat manufacture. I'm not positive about that. Uh, but I think it, it was wasn't the made in,
3: uh, in Yugoslavia. I think it was a
0: Laka lock, or a Lada yeah. or something. Okay, like we're that's gonna that. A go
3: to pancake. Pancake.
1: we're gonna go to Frank. Uh, he's calling us from Jupiter Farms. Good after. Good morning, Frank. Nice to
6: hear from you. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Oh, it's always, it's, always, it's always fun listening to you guys, just like a trip through memory lane sometimes <laughs> that topics you talk about make me realize some things that happened to me back in the 50s and down in Miami or even up here in Jupiter recently. And one of those things was when the lady was speaking about filling the tanks and the gas tanks and the fumes. I don't think the average person realizes just how far and fast gasoline fumes will spread. I'm going to give two quick examples. As a young little chap down in Miami, um, we lived out in the middle of nowhere. Now it's called Kendall. Back then, to get rid of your trash, you usually had a 55-gallon steel drum, some holes cut in the bottom, elevated on some cement blocks. You put your trash in, and when you're ready to get rid of it, you threw some gasoline in there, lit the match, and boom, there it goes. Um, If you let the gas in for more than 10, 15 seconds, the fumes would spread so much when you threw your match in, the, the, the explosion was like a 55-gallon mortar shell going off. Wow. Trash would actually fly 10, 20 feet in the air. And So the excitement there, normally you try and use kerosene, because we still had kerosene heaters. We needed it back in those years with the ice and stuff down in the colder weather, which was called Miami. But recently, up here in Jupiter Farms, sometimes when we would get rid of some branches, we have a big fire pit with cement blocks, I mean, about six feet across. You just get one cup of gasoline, you know, to get it going. And again, if you don't light it really quick, it's amazing. Three, or four feet out, it spreads the fumes and, and the whoosh. Yeah. So um, when people are filling their gas tanks, they, I guess they're oblivious that, you know, the fumes can spread, and they shouldn't have their car running. They shouldn't be on the cell phone. But um, just sharing a few quick stories.
0: Well, that's a great story, Frank. I, I, our cars today, the internal combustion engine and a, with a gas tank is a rolling bomb. And when we finally go to all-electric, I think people a hundred years from now will look back and say, I can't believe that these people a hundred years ago drove around in these cars with, uh, they were ticking time bombs. You know, when you have a gas tank that's near empty, you have the condition that you just described. Mainly vapor and just a little bit of liquid. Liquid gasoline is fine. It's the vapor that turns it into a bomb. And, you know, if you're you're down to the last couple gallons of gas, anything that sparked that vapor in that gas tank is going to blow you right off the road.
6: Yeah, that's why, I guess that's why a lot of people that have the knowledge and the foresight, they like to keep their tanks more on the full side exactly. than on the empty side. Exactly. So. Well, Frank, so, thanks
0: very yeah. much. Uh, we appreciate the call, and I love your insight because... Us old guys really don't have anybody else to talk to sometimes about the old
6: days.
0: (laughs) I'll tell you that is very
6: true. Next time you you
0: call, I'll tell you. I made a bomb one time when I was a kid, and I'll tell you that story maybe next week.
6: (laughs) Sounds great. Thank you, all, Nancy. Stay
0: tuned.
1: Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And remember, you can you can really protect yourself against hidden fees, and you can do so by downloading. Uh, you can go to www.outthedoorpriceaffidavit.com, where I have a... Well, a legal document uh, that you can use just before you purchase that vehicle. You can make sure that that salesperson or the manager signs it the out-the-door fee.
3: I just want to apologize. It looks like we have a, uh, a problem with our streaming software, oh. and our Facebook and YouTube feeds have gone down. So if you're listening on terrestrial radio, um um, please, you can listen to the show live at Uh We are coming up to the Mystery Shopping Report, and we're working to get those video feeds back up right now, but it's across the board on all the streaming platforms right now. So. StreamEarlOnCars.com is probably the best way to listen to the show right now.
0: Yeah, we've had complaints, intermittent complaints all Thanks along
3: too. on these uh, streaming things. It's you would think that with, the, with
0: all the technological capability we have, we'd be able to do this. Uh,
3: apparently, it's on the server end of the service that does the, that spreads it out to all the different sites. Oh. So it's not our bandwidth in here. We're doing good right now. It's oh. just um, <coughs> out there somewhere remotely. Something. Can we
0: change to a different out there? So we, not right now, we can't. I mean, all of Facebook can not be down, so...
3: No, it's called Wirecast. That's yeah. the thing that that's, uh, propagates it out. So and
0: Wirecast is the only game in town.
3: Um, we're up and running right now, and it's the first time Wirecast has ever gone down. Oh. Our, our problems before was um, oh, with okay. our bandwidth here. Okay. Fine.
1: And, and ladies and gentlemen, just a moment ago, I mentioned out the door price affidavit, but I I misspoke. I said fee, but it is www.outthedoorpriceaffidavit.com. out the door price affidavit dot com. It's worth its weight in gold. So. Download that at Erland Cars. Now back to the recovering car dealer.
0: Okay, folks, I think uh, we
2: uh, we got a couple of YouTube texts that uh, Rick can read now. Well, I, I got one good one. I think you're going to like this one. Uh, Javi El Hombre says, Good morning, I just purchased a 19 Ram pickup truck, and I'm not happy with the service department where I purchased the vehicle. I've had many issues with them saying they did work on the truck, and my dash cam caught them not doing a rotation of tires recently Hmm. i purchased a maintenance agreement at the time of purchase and i'm considering taking it to another authorized ram dealer will they honor it number one or will they not like the fact that i did not purchase there thank you guys
0: uh... that is a really interesting question for a lot of reasons rick knows all about dash cams And uh, a lot of people now are putting dash cams in their cars. And here's another interesting uh, bit of information. The Florida (laughs) Automobile Dealers Association is really up in arms. And they've said that people, customers, you, if you have a dash cam on your car, you're invading the privacy of the dealership. And they are saying that. All dealers should be aware that customers that have dash cams uh, are invading the privacy of you when you're saying bad things about that customer or not uh, rotating the tires when you say you're rotating the tires or maybe uh, taking the car home and going out on Saturday night with your girlfriend. Your privacy is being invaded, and that's from the Florida Automobile Dealers Association. We got a bulletin on that, but... uh, no uh seriously, on this particular text, I would advise you to uh, uh certainly uh, you, you want to be if you know that the work wasn't done on the car, you should have reported that to the owner of the dealership
2: and you should have you should have protested the charge and uh well, I forgot what the go question ahead. was. Uh, the other one is he wants to go to another authorized Ram dealer. Will they, would oh, yeah. they honor his that's, maintenance <laughs> agreement? That's, that's the best part, yeah. The uh, other authorized
0: ma- uh, Ram dealer, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge dealer, will honor it. And that's an old myth, old wives' tale, suburban legend, whatever you want to call it. Car dealers love to service your car no matter where you bought it. And did I just com- commit a political... Uh, uh, mistake by saying old wives
3: tale i don't think so oh i, I was Polic- looking at- <laughs> politically incorrect I, I wouldn't use it but uh yeah. old wives tale <laughs> I mean, urban legend we'll urban legend that's, is that's better, the, yeah more anyway, term, anyway
2: yeah.
0: car dealers love to service your car no matter where you bought your car so bottom line buy the car where you get the best price take the car where you get the best service
3: i gotta add something uh you mentioned the florida Auto dealers association Their advice on the uh, dash cams. Mm -hmm. It was an you forgot to mention. It was an afterthought at the at the end of the whole bulletin that says customers are invading your privacy in their own cars. At the very end, it says, "Oh, but by the way, you should probably be careful about what you say about the customers in the car because they might be watching." Yeah, and by (laughs)
0: the way, I have
3: an Owl dash cam and I love it. Me too.
0: Owl Dash, Stu's got one. Yeah, owl Dash the Cam, they are fantastic. They're inexpensive. Uh, they record inside and outside, audio and video. They can save you a ton of money in an accident yeah. because you know exactly what happened. It's your fault. It won't save you a ton of money. Yeah, somebody
3: bumps a shopping cart into your yeah. car, you can see the random person. O-W-L like it.
0: you know, like Owl. <laughs> ooh
3: Owl. Yeah, yeah. So O-W-L, O-W-L. It's okay. really good.
0: Okay,
2: we got another uh, uh The other one I have here is from Mr. Hand. And he's actually giving a couple of uh, recommendations. If you happen to be down in the Upper Keys and you need car repairs, Wheaton's Auto Repair in Key Largo and Vic's Auto Repair in Tavernier. I spell those so they can... uh... Uh, Wheaton's is W-E... Beg your pardon. W-H-E-A-T-O-N and Vic, V-I-C. Wheaton's in Key Largo. And Vix is in Tavernier.
0: Well, thank you, Mr. Wiggins
2: and Mr. Vix, for the uh, YouTube. And, well, no, uh, <laughs> these are these are actually auto repair shops that Mr. Hand, uh, one of our listeners, is recommending. Well, how do you know? I'm just I'm I'm
0: being half funny, and we will just say that with that we hope that those are real auto repair yep. shops, and it's not the owner of an auto repair shop saying his name is something else to get business to his place. I, that, that was. Not worth explaining, but I just want to put everybody on guard when it comes to recommendations. We're going on the uh, recommendation of somebody that we don't know. That it is could true. Could be the recommendee that is
2: doing the recommending. It, well, it could be Mr. Han's kids on it those two be. shops. Exactly. What's
1: worth uh, mentioning, uh, folks? If you don't know, Monday it becomes an offense. Uh, you will get fined uh, if you are texting and driving. There's a law, no texting while you're driving, Monday, July the 1st.
0: And, of course, that only apply, doesn't apply to Apple CarPlay, which you could use yes. a voice recognition on and
2: keep your eyes on the road. So yes. Make well sure they, you do all your texting on the road tomorrow. They, I, I believe they, they said if the phone is in your hand, mm-hmm. the cops can pull you over for so you they you it. They clarified that the it does, does not
1: apply to a driver using navigation device system.
0: Okay, we get to the Mystery Shopping Report, right? I think uh, that's
1: right. And folks, don't forget, you can vote. 772-497-6530. Let us know what you think of that Mystery Shopping Report. And that is from Roger... No, where's the... uh,
3: CarMax Boynton Beach. CarMax? That's right. Okay. Uh, That's a very
0: special Mystery Shop. Uh, It's been nearly two years uh, since we have been back to one of the most popular car dealership chains in the U.S., largest. I think the number one retailer of vehicles, period. Number one retailer? No, they're not. You're not? I, but no, they're Included- not of used vehicles. All right. Number one I'm- retailer of used vehicles. I'm going to fact check you, sir. Okay, fact check me. Uh, that's fine. And CarMax is, by the way, um, in most all respects, a good place to buy a used car. They're on a recommended dealer list, and uh, they also sell new cars, by the way. Uh, but mainly they're known for used cars, Uh, they're traded on the New York Stock Exchange, and I believe some very significant, uh, reliable people like, could be, uh, Warren Buffett is a a large stockholder of CarMax. Uh, Respectable outfit. The last two times we shopped CarMax, we investigated them for selling used cars with Takata airbag recalls. In both instances, they actually failed the Takata test, but not nearly as bad as most dealers do. What brought us uh, there this time, however, was an article that appeared in Automotive News, and that's our trade newspaper. All car dealers and all manufacturers read Automotive News. Uh, There was an article in there that reported on CarMax's rollout of its new customer experience program that's designed to provide customers a buying experience that seamlessly integrates online and in-store visits. And that's very interesting because Most car dealers, it was especially true a few years ago, but even today, there's two-tier pricing. You have the price you get from the car salesman on the showroom floor when you walk in. He gives you the high price. And then you call the internet department, and they give you the low price. It's amazing. In the same car dealership, you go to any car dealership virtually, and there's two prices. So, rule number one, if you're shopping for a car, forget about the car salesman. Just get the online price. Ask for the internet salesman. Substantial difference, by the way, uh, can be $1,000, $2,000. Big difference. Now what CarMax is doing, they're joining the 21st century, they're saying, we're going to merge. We only have one price. You can get that one price online, or you can get that one price from our car salesperson, or you can call the dealership, and we'll give it to you over the telephone, or text, whatever you want to do. CarMax has always been progressive. And they, I love their ads. Uh, They have these young, fresh people, uh, uh, entertaining, lovable. And they dance around. And they they do the correct commercials. And they're telling 90% of the truth. Uh, uh, There's some things they do we don't like. But they are probably your best choice to buy a used car. Um, They stumbled with the Takato issue. That's our big hang-up. They are easily... uh, uh, I can't think of anybody I would rather recommend than CarMax to buy a used car. Um, They have a complicated relationship with dealer fees, um, and this is something that we just found out. Last time we shopped them, or the first time we shopped them, I guess, was in February of 2016, and they had a dealer fee called a new wheels fee. Correct. I'd forgotten that. $225. You know, it's small. When you consider car dealers in South Florida are averaging about $1,000. 225 uh, seems small, but still, it's like, why do you hide the 225? It's part of the price of the car. Yeah, it adds why, up. D- why do you try to trick me? And then they, in, two, in 2016, they had a $24 electronic registration filing fee, which is BS. That's just dealer fee. And you add the two together, and you got a $250 dealer fee, hidden fee. And then October 17, they evolved to 229, creeping up. And then 227 for the electronic uh, registration, and they changed the name from New Wheels Fee to Carmax Processing Fee. The shell game continues. You know, I, I can see. The, can you see the dealers and they're they're in their little conference room. They're having their their meeting. Okay. We need to change the name of our dealer fee. Let's, go. Let's ask the focus group. Yeah, Julie, what do you say? Right. How about doc fee? No, I don't like it. George, what do you think? Let's call it dealer prep fee. Uh, Henry, what are you saying? I got it. This sounds like an official Ow. fee. New
3: wheels. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Electronic <laughs>
0: filing fee. E-filing fee. Notary fee. Doc fee. Imagination runs well. Oh, I had a typo. Potato
3: fee. I have a typo in there. I'm sorry. Okay. In 2017, it had crept up from... Two twenty-five to two ninety-nine. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. So I'm that, sorry. And October twenty seventeen. It was a, a two ninety-nine CarMax processing yeah.
0: fee. You gotta quit uh, writing these reports up at two o'clock in the morning. I didn't
3: do that, sir. I have I, I have an explanation for that. Okay. It was stuck in my outbox.
0: Ah, we decided it was time to return to CarMax and see what the new customer experience was all about, you know merging the online and the walk-in prices. Uh, We asked Agent Thunder to go through the whole thing, starting online with a trade appraisal and finishing in the dealership with a purchase of a 2015 Jeep Wrangler. While we were preparing for the mission, we stumbled upon something surprising. The Jeep we were pretending to buy had an unfixed Tecate airbag Passenger side Mm -hmm. airbag recall. I don't even know why we say passenger side or driver's side. We're talking about a grenade. It's either on the left side of the car or the right side of the car. Grenade blows up, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to be seriously injured or killed. So this is an unfixed to cut airbag on the right-hand side of the car. The listing on CarMax.com included a link uh, for an auto check, which is like a Carfax report. Yep. Vehicle history report which revealed the recall. We confirmed that this on safercar.gov and the Chrysler Jeep recall page on mopar.com. What a, a stupid name.
3: Motor parts. Yeah, I know, Mopar. Mm-hmm. They're still call using it.
0: Chrysler it. or call it uh,
3: Jeep. Or. I remember hearing about that like in the, in the 70s. Yeah. And
0: Yeah, uh,
2: yeah the, Mopar was their, that was their tagline that like, came out in the late 60s. We're so digressing
0: early. here, but it's like moped. I mean, it just doesn't make no sense. This time we tried something different. We told Age of Thunder not. To ask about the safety or any of the three questions we normally do. Just go in there like the average customer does. Uh, the average customer doesn't ask these these very penetrating questions. They three questions. We are curious to see how things play out without prompting the salesperson. Here's the report. I'm like I'm Agent Thunder. I began my mission at CarMax.com, selected the Boynton Beach location. I found the listing for the 2015 Jeep Wrangler. The no-haggle price was $22,998. Now, that is a good thing about car- CarMax is they, they don't haggle hassle. They put uh, the real price, their best price, on the car, and it's not negotiable for you. It's negotiable for them because then they slip in their dealer fee later on, which I don't like. You shouldn't like it either. I started the listing and clicked on the link that asked, "Need to sell you? Need to sell your car too?" Hoping to get an instant purchase offer on my 2018 Dodge Charger. Now, I really do have a 2018 Dodge Charger, uh, and I'm speaking as if I'm Agent Thunder. I entered some info about my car, and I was informed that Carmax would be interested in buying it from me. I didn't get an instant purchase offer, but I was shown a form to schedule an appraisal at the dealership. I picked up my appointment uh, time for just an hour later. Within minutes, I received a phone call confirming the appointment. Up to this point, things felt pretty special—not uh, what I—I uh, just say. Uh, oh, they felt
3: pretty typical. They didn't pretty seem pretty like, Yeah, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty typical,
0: um, and uh, not what I thought a customer experience program would be like. At the dealership, I was greeted by Terry who welcomed me and checked me at the computer station. Terry also said he'd be assisting me. He found my appointment, talked to me about both the Charger I wanted to sell and the Wrangler I wanted to buy. I told him that my Charger was a beast, and I kept getting speeding tickets with it. And this uh, is true. Is that true? Yes. I wanted some uh, something fun and sporty that wasn't a muscle car. I told him that's how I settled on a Jeep Wrangler. Jerry led me outside to see the Jeep. Along the way, uh, he recited the reasons to buy from Carmax, like there are no haggle price, and the fact I would be dealing with just one person instead of going from T.O. back and forth, sales manager and so on, closer, uh, desk man, and all that kind of stuff. As soon as we reached the Jeep, Terry started the engine, cranked the A.C., then he asked for my driver's license, suggested I poke around while he ran back inside for a minute. He came back about ten minutes later. We left to test drive. Had a nice time during the ride. Conversation was easy. Terry was very professional, and he knew a lot about the Jeep. We took it down to I-95 for a bit, then drove back to CarMax. Terry already had a a lot of my personal information in the computer, and he was ready to begin uh, the purchase process on my charger. I handed my keys, and he turned them over to an appraiser. If you just tuned in, we're we're, uh, mystery shopping CarMax in Boynton Beach, Florida. At his desk, he showed me the computer screen. He said, uh, "We'd be notified when they had completed the appraisal." In a short time, the screen flashed green. They were offering thirty-one thousand dollars. I was pleasantly surprised. That was a very good number on my car, and I let Terry know. We moved on to the purchase of the Jeep. I had uh, been instructed to not question the safety, or mechanical soundness. We we're just going in there, no prompting the salesman, pretending like we don't care about the safety or don't worry about the safety or recalls or anything else. We just trust like, them. Yeah, adjust trust them. Like the average yeah. uh, customer does. Terry printed a buyer's order and went over the figures. The sale price was the online price, $22,998. And uh, online price and the price on the car identical. They merged those two departments. Then they added a $399 CarMax processing fee. Got a new name. Processing fee.
3: A new name and a new amount. When amount.
2: I you said two ninety nine, three ninety nine. Was Last from time. seventeen. Yes. So they've gone up another hundred dollars. Yep.
3: Correctamundo. Wow.
0: So that's a third. That's a one third increase. And a twenty seven. They kept the optional electronic mm-hmm. uh, registration filing fee. Electronic registration filing fee, and, and optional. and That doesn't make sense because it's <laughs> printed on the buyer's right. order. Uh, twenty seven dollars. So you yeah, have the $27, so you got basically a $426 mm-hmm. uh, dealer fee um, by a different name. I said, that, which is extra profit to the dealer? I said, everything looked great. Terry extended his hand, I shook it. I said, I need an hour to run to get my wife from work, and we'd be back to take delivery. Terry handed me my paperwork, and I left. Here's the epilogue. Most importantly, CarMax failed another Takata test. Agent Thunder didn't mention anything about safety or recalls, but neither did the salesperson. The recall was known to them. It was posted on their own website, but the sale was not stopped, and of course they jacked everybody around on the dealer fee, and they've been doing that for some time, and all car dealers do this. Uh, It's just a shame. Now, I said at the beginning of the show that I hope uh, Rosemary Shahan, who is a very special person, who is the consumer advocate extraordinaire from uh, California. And uh, she is the uh, president of Consumers for Auto Reliability and Safety, cars. And she sued through the Federal Trade Commission, actually sued the Federal Trade Commission, because they were not going after CarMax or General Motors. And both CarMax and General Motors were saying, hey, we do a 125-point safety inspection, and all the used cars we sell, certified used cars, are safe. And they're selling a car that they say is safe with a 125-point inspection, and it has a defective airbag or it has a dangerous recall that has not been fixed. Can you think of a better reason that the Federal Trade Commission should do something? The Federal Trade Commission is supposed to protect you, an American citizen, from deception on the part of people who sell you things. If a car dealer, especially General Motors, and they are a car manufacturer who have thousands of dealers, and they tell them, you certify a car, that means you've done the inspection, you tell your customers this used car is safe. And yet they're selling you the car without disclosure that it has an unfixed dangerous recall. Rosemary Shahan, sued the Federal Trade Commission, and unfortunately she lost. I could make some political comments about that, but I think the Federal Trade Commission uh, leaves a lot to be desired in the United States of America. They've got some rules, but they don't enforce the rules. And that's a rule that should be enforced. Now, there were some changes. There were some changes. Both General Motors and Carfax, uh, got a little bit of religion there and they are doing some disclosure that is supposed to preempt them from being uh, sued again i guess and they're saying that they are disclosing these recalls the salespeople are disclosing recall i'll read from the carmax website uh, your sales consultant will review with you an auto check report And then specific recall lookup results from the NHTSA website. CarMax notifies customers prior to purchasing to have unrepaired safety recalls by the manufacturer immediately. This was not done in our mystery shopping report. This was not done. (laughs) So they have violated their own rules and I wish Rosemary Sheehan We'll read the shopping report. We sent it to her, but West Coast time, three hours difference. She's an extremely busy woman. I know she will read it. We hope she'd call the show. But um, maybe next week she'll call the show. She has a copy of the mystery shopping report. Maybe this will be grounds for another lawsuit against CarMax or a lawsuit against General Motors. Because I guarantee you the same thing is happening with General Motors dealers. You cannot tell a car dealership Carmax or otherwise, that you just have to disclose dangerous recalls, and you've done your duty. First of all, you're relying on your sales force to do it, and you've got what 25 or 30 salespeople. Do you really believe that all those salespeople are going to be that conscientious to tell the customer, "Hey, this car has a dangerous recall. It's a Takata airbag that can blow up in your
3: face." Um, I have a management. Uh tip for anybody who wants to accomplish something yes. important, don't put the responsibility on the largest population of people in your dealership. Exactly. Who are paid on commission. Right. Give it to have one person do it, one person responsible. If you have 50 people responsible, it's going to yep. get done half the time.
0: And the person you don't want to hold responsible are commission employees. If you are telling a salesperson that you will get 25% of the profit when you sell this car, or you're going to be paid... or whatever it is if you sell this car and you tell them to disclose something that may cause that customer not to want to buy the car, there's a chance that salesperson might forget to tell that customer. And this happens over and over and over again. And we've shopped, mystery shopped I don't know, a hundred, maybe more (laughs) car dealerships (laughs) by phone or in person and in most cases, these salespeople forget to tell the customer. So, this is this is the responsibility of our legislators, the Federal Trade Commission, the Attorney Generals, State Attorney Generals, uh, all the enforcement agencies and the legislative lawmaking agencies. You've got to make it illegal to sell a car with a dangerous recall. CarMax, a publicly traded company, Regulated by the Ser- security exchanges commission. This is absolutely disgraceful what CarMax is doing and Remember when we vote we vote on the curve. So when we're going to vote is this a passing grade or not a passing grade CarMax has done better than most car dealerships did because all car dealerships are not disclosing this to their customers. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry uh, when you vote
3: Take that in consideration.
0: So let's vote on Carmax.
3: Well, we have votes coming in from online, and um, they're not kind. I don't <laughs> think they're on the curve. I th- no. But uh, here we go. Uh, Linda gives him a quote: "Big, big, huge F." Walter gives him an F. Ed gives him a D minus. Jenny gives him a D, and Jackie gives him an F. And I'm kind of struggling with it cuz you know I think CarMax I don't want to I don't want to not recommend CarMax cuz you can't y- where else you're going to buy a used car? I, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to give them you're going this is going to be a weird one. I'm going to give them an A um with a big asterisk. And that is, if you go to CarMax, you cannot count on them to follow their policy to disclose the recall. So you got to click auto-check. It's right on their listing. They make it really easy to find a uh, recall on their website. Yeah. But you got to be careful and prepare yourself. So I know that's a controversial grade. I'm going the complete opposite from our listeners, but mm-hmm. there, there you go. Nancy? F. F
1: for the mystery shop of CarMax. And, uh, folks, uh, Earl's uh, column, why even honest car dealers lie to you. Read it. Read it and weep.
2: Rick? I'm going to follow Stu's example, but I'm going to give him a B because I still think they could have. There's room for improvement everywhere. (laughs) Mm. Uh, And from online, Frank says F. Ernesto says F. F. And Mr. Hand says, no soup for them, F.
3: Yeah, I have a Sandy just chimed in with an F, and then another Frank with a D minus. So Well,
0: I'm glad you listeners, are, you're voting with your heart, which is good. And maybe we've got some legislators or regulators listening out there. You can see what people f- feel about car dealers not disclosing dangerous recalls. And uh, it's just a terrible thing. But literally, the best place to buy a used car is CarMax yeah. uh,
2: and uh we can't take them off the list because have to buy used cars. You can do a lot worse. Yes. I, I think folks should take an example from Mark from Lake Worth with what he did at Del Rey Toyota. He did his homework. He knew what he was doing, yeah. knew when he walked in there what he wanted, and he got the job done. Yeah. It took a while, but he got it done. The problem is we are not going to be able to change
0: the um, intelligence, uh, the aggressiveness, Uh, the average shopper out there goes in and they're too trusting. We're too trusting when we buy our cars. We've been buying cars like this our entire life. Most people go through the same thing. And It's just a fact. I don't believe in government regulation. I'm not one of these people that believes that the government should take over and rule every facet of our lives. But I think the government should protect our lives and our welfare and our health. And this is one area where we need protection. The regulators, legislators have got to help save lives. And that means make it illegal to sell a car with a defective recall.
1: I didn't vote with my heart. I can clarify that. It just isn't ethical. That's why I gave them an F. I wouldn't put anyone uh, behind a wheel of a car that was going to explode and kill them and their children, their family. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm thank a you. F- Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, We've had a fabulous show, and the reason for that is because of you. We enjoy your company, and I want to give a special thank you to Rudy and to Jonathan in the control room for helping us again this Saturday. Tune in next week, same time. Have a wonderful weekend.